Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello and welcome to another Toonami Preflight, where today we're going to be talking number 34 on Paste Magazine's top 50 anime series of all time, Monster, and some of our favorite serial killer movies, along with some sneak peeks. And if you did not see them when we made the announcement, we're going to show you the up, the teaser for the upcoming Uzumaki series from Jinji Ito. Uh, there's a teaser and two behind-the-scenes pieces that we shot in Japan. Uh, but first, let's talk monster. Scary. That's scary. Yeah, he's got a gun. He's pointing it at us. All right. Uh, well, monster was from an acclaimed manga that ran on TV in the early in the I would say late two thousands. I guess. I think it's Japan is oh four oh five, and then Sci Fi ran oh nine. The English dub, yeah, like later. It ran on Sci-Fi Network and Chiller, R.I.P. Chiller, in the U.S., and it ran in Canada and a bunch of other places. So they fully dubbed all 74 episodes of the show. Um, Adult Swim never showed it, much to my chagrin. I thought maybe this was one of those other ones where we would find out later, oh, yeah, we showed it, but we didn't. Um, And weirdly, now you can't find it anywhere, like legally. You can buy the DVDs, uh, or you can bootleg it but otherwise there's no way to get it legally it also was on viz's service for a while um, because viz did the dub but for whatever reason the rights have expired i guess I yeah don't i don't know. know if it was something- it was on netflix for a while and it's just gone now it must have been a rights expiration and they haven't bothered to re-up with the publisher that owns the rights um that's just my conjecture i have no idea but It was a really popular manga, and the anime wasn't quite as popular, but it was very critically acclaimed. Like, it's definitely one of the best-reviewed anime I think I've seen. Um, And it really isn't much like many other anime in that it's basically a cop thriller. Like, it's it's not a cop thriller. He's a surgeon, but, like, it's a cop serial killer it's a fugitive yeah but he's not actually a fugitive yeah there's not there's not like many shows like this in the world of anime which i think is one of the reasons it sticks out but it was made by madhouse who are always great um and it's definitely i would place it probably higher on the paste anime list personally but it was a consensus decision um so when looking for clips to try to show you what makes this show great? <laughs> There's like not much out there. Take our word for it. So it's hard. So what I have pulled for us is a trailer that a fan made, uh, and it's a good trailer. They basically tried to replicate the um, girl, girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. So uh, it's very much. Oh, we lost our background. It's very much the girl with the dragon tattoo uh, in terms of its um, style, but it's a cool trailer. So why don't we check this out? It'll give you a feel for what the show's like.
He had me right up until the yeah. man with the monster tattoo where it was like, that's, you didn't need to do that. But a good fan edit. Um, and it's way better than any promo I could find. Um, not that I could find very many. Um, so the story of Monster is basically, it, it's, it stars this surgeon who's young, at the beginning of the show, he's a young surgeon. Uh, two kids get brought in. There's a somebody robbed their house, and the young boy gets shot in the head. And at the same time, the mayor is hurt as well, and he has a choice to operate on one or the other, and he chooses the kid. So the mayor dies, and that fucks up his the surgeon's social standing. So we flash forward 20 years later. The surgeon is now the head of surgery at a hospital in another country. Um, and a prisoner gets brought in that he's operating on who keeps talking about a monster, a monster. And through a series of events, he ends up with that guy once he's healed and discovers that the monster this guy's talking about is the boy that he saved who has grown up into a, a bright young serial killer who uh, is murdering people. And he murders the guy in front of the doctor and basically says, I couldn't kill you, you saved my life. But like that's the only reason he's not killing him. And he somewhat becomes obsessed with him and sort of enjoys toying with him. He never really takes him seriously as a threat. So then the doctor starts being suspected for this murder. And so part of how Johan, who's the name of the, the monster, uh, toys with the doctor is he basically kills people around him and sort of not quite frames him, but just leaves him holding the bag in all kinds of suspicious scenarios. So there's a cop who becomes a main character who's pretty much an evil bastard. He's pretty, almost as bad as Johan, who has it in for the doctor. And that at a certain point, the doctor decides to be proactive and it becomes a cat and mouse of the doctor trying to outwit Johan and Johan continually slipping from his grasp. And then he discovers their they were part of a eugenics program to create child soldiers and Johan's trying to, the sister evidently gets adopted and doesn't know anything about um, her brother and the doctor's trying to protect her and Johan's killing people around her just for fun. So it's like, uh, it's very much in the vein. I mean, it's interesting that they cut that promo to Girl with the Dragon Tattoo because it's very much that kind of pulpy yeah. serial killer stuff um, that's you find more in like airport books and like, <laughs> you know, beach reads, but really well done. Like, you know, all the characters are interesting and have solid motivations and everything that everyone's doing makes sense. But it's very much in the Agatha Christie kind of vein. Um, so this is a clip and I'm not sure which clip I pulled because I only had two or three to pull from. So let's just see. Surprise. Mr. Grimmer. Hey, Doctor. I figured you'd be coming. I'm not surprised. I got two in the building next door. Another one of them downstairs. And that one I threw out the window. Not bad for a day's work, huh? The magnificent Steiner appeared and did all this, didn't he? As a matter of fact, Steiner never did show up. I did it all on my own. I got angry and I killed four men with my bare hands. I need to treat those wounds. Oh, yeah. It almost slipped my mind. Take it. It's a letter. I got it from Inspector Lunge. He found it back in the Red Rose Mansion. You gotta... You gotta go help him. He headed to the Hotel Bergbach by himself. I'm not leaving you like this. I'm fine. It's nothing. A little rest won't fix. Where are my manners? I'd like you to meet Franz Bonaparte. <laughs> Mr. Grimmer! <laughs> Everything's gonna be all right.
It's been pouring all day. But when it's sunny out, it's like a scene from a postcard. Wouldn't you agree, Dr. Tenma? I would. When the rain lets up, we should take Vim on a picnic. All right. With a bottle of old wine, the finest cheese money can buy. Yeah. I'm crying. But it's not because I feel my life fading away. These tears are streaming down my face because I'm crying for my son. You can't just erase people's feelings. It's as if my emotions were lost somewhere hundreds of miles away. It's as if they were sent long ago in a letter that was always intended for me. So this is what true sadness feels like. It feels a lot like happiness. I think I figured out how the show must have ended. The magnificent Steiner. He probably became human again. Mr. Grimmer's going to be okay. I don't think so either. That was a a major death of a a particular character, obviously. So uh, if you can get your hands on Monster, it's definitely one of the best. I mean, I can't really think of a better thriller anime other than maybe Death Note, uh, which has some supernatural elements. But as far as like just regular people. Yeah, rooted in reality. uh, It's pretty terrific uh, storytelling. So worth, worth a watch if you can get your hands on it. Uh, and that leads us to our topic for today, which is what's your favorite serial killer movie, um, which is a very rich topic for good movies um, because the idea, our ongoing fascination with the idea of people that break the ultimate moral law of murder uh, and people that do it routinely, uh, I don't think we'll ever not be fascinated with that. So, uh I'll start first, and next up for me is a film that Gil and I saw in the theater, uh, and wasn't that where the that person was, made fun of the trailer? Yeah, I don't yeah. remember what, what... It was Groove, the name oh, of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Gil and I saw the, the f- little side story. Gil and I saw American Psycho in the theater, and before the movie, there was a trailer for another movie about basically the rave scene yeah. called Groove, and the trailer played... And it ends with just the word groove and like the beat pulsing. And as it faded down, someone in the audience just really loudly and clearly just went. And the whole theater burst into laughter. One of the rare. Perfectly timed. Yeah, it was just perfect. Talk talk back. Yeah. Um, So then we saw American Psycho, which I love and has been a movie I've watched many times. So this is based on the Brett Easton Ellis novel. Your mileage may vary on the novel, but everyone pretty much agrees that the film adaptation is terrific. It stars Christian Bale, pre-Batman Christian Bale, as uh, an, a yuppie 80s money mover uh, who is a psycho who kills people. And one of the things I love about the movie is you're never really sure, and this is true of the book too, but you're never really sure 
what is in his head and what's really happening. You're never sure what's his fantasies of what he's doing versus what he's actually doing. So he does some things that don't really make logical sense, which you'll kind of see in this clip that I'm about to show you where he offs Jared Leto's character, where he's not even really acting like a normal human being. (laughs) So it's possible to me that some part of this is his point of view of this as opposed to the actual event. Uh, And then I got to show you another scene that's just a fucking all-time classic. So first, let's watch Jared Leto get axed. You like Huey Lewis in the news? They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey, Albert Yes, Alan? Why are there copies of the style section all over the place? Do you, do you have a dog? A little chow or something? <laughs> no, Alan. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 87, Huey released this. Four, your most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpieces, Hip to Be Square, a song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics, but they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends, it's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! can't not love a movie where a guy gets axed to Huey Lewis in the news. I certainly can't. Um, so next up is the scene where uh, they're all at a board meeting and Patrick Bateman reveals his new business card, which in their world is sort of a uh, status thing. So whoever has the nicest card is kind of the man. And Christian Bale's so obsessed with the quality of the cards, it becomes this completely surreal moment that I find totally hilarious. And I'm not alone because this clip has 5 million views, so check it out. Patrick, thanks so much for looking after Courtney. Dorcia, how impressive. How on earth did you get a reservation there? Lucky, I guess. That's a wonderful suit. Don't tell me, don't tell me, let me guess. Mm, Valentino Couture. Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. You look so soft. Your compliment was sufficient, Lewis. Hello, Albert Stram. Nice tie. How the hell are you? Alan has mistaken me for this dickhead, Marcus Halberstram. It seems logical because Marcus also works at PNP and, in fact, does the same exact thing I do. He also has a pension for Valentino suits and Oliver Peoples' glasses. Marcus and I even go to the same barber, although I have a slightly better haircut. So how's the ransom account going, Marcus? It's, uh, it's all right. Really? That's interesting. It's not, uh, it's not great. Oh, well, you know. So how's Cecilia? She's a great girl. Oh, yeah. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. Hey, Alan. Congratulations on the Fisher account. Thank you, Baxter. Listen, Paul, squash. Call me. What, Friday? No can do. I got an 8.30 res at Dorcia. Great. Sea urchin ceviche. 
doors yet. Friday night, how'd he swing that? I think he's lying. Is that a gram? New card. What do you think? Whoa. Very nice. Look at that. Picked them up from the printers yesterday. Good coloring. That's bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Rail. It's very cool, Bateman, but that's nothing. Look at this. That is really nice. Eggshell with Romalian type. What do you think? Nice. Jesus. <laughs> that is really super. How do nitwit like you get so tasteful? <laughs> I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. But wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. Raised lettering. Pale Nimbus. White. Impressive. Very nice. Mm. Let's see Paul Allen's card. Lovely coloring. The tasteful thickness of it. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. Something wrong? Patrick? You're sweating. I also love the detail of how when Paul Allen's card gets pulled out, the other guys are just bummed about it. Like they're all just like, because it's so much nicer. But when you look at it, it's exactly the same as every other card. Anyway, American Psycho, terrific, terrific serial killer movie and satire of corporate culture and greed. Uh, next up is, I think, an underrated serial killer movie, and that's Michael Mann's awesome Manhunter, uh, which, of course, post Silence of the Lambs is the second favorite of uh, people who like Thomas Harris serial killer stuff. But I may prefer Manhunter just because I like the style of it more. Um, But they're both great. So I wouldn't blame anyone for picking one over the other. But it's unfortunate that because of Anthony Hopkins' obviously great portrayal of Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs has sort of moved to the forefront. They even remade Manhunter. Brett Ratner remade it as a fucking terrible movie called Red Dragon just so they could redo this whole plot line with a new <laughs> with with Lecter being Anthony Hopkins as opposed to Brian Cox who plays him in this movie. Uh, Brian Cox did a great job, but Lecter is in Manhunter but he's sort of a side character. The reason I picked this as one of my favorite serial killer movies is because the Tooth Fairy played by the great Tom Noonan right there is an all-time great creepy-ass character who uh, you kind of weirdly root for because at a point he's having a romance with Joan Allen and she's blind and it kind of seems like, oh, maybe he's going to... borderline not- sweet and then... Oh, it's totally... Yeah, it's sweet for like five seconds. But I do like the fact that they don't just make him a... They don't make him a... You're not supposed to necessarily sympathize with him. But you can empathize with parts of him, which I think is a tricky tightrope to walk, but a, one that the movie is all about. It's all about Will Graham's being able to have empathy to a degree where he can predict what the serial killer is going to do because he can put himself in their shoes. Um, so this is the scene where he sees Joan Allen being walked home by a friend and he misconstrues an innocent gesture as them kissing and then he goes completely fucking bananas but I just love the way it's shot and how it puts you in the headspace of this guy and it even shows you the point of view shot where he's seeing something that's not real Uh, it's the guy is just getting a hair from Joan Allen but they make it look like there's this glow between them and they're making out like it's totally surreal Uh, but it's a really cool moment so I thought we'd take a look at this
off to Foblemar. If you haven't seen Manhunter, it's got some awesome 80s music as well. Definitely sure. worth checking out. And then finally, uh, a movie that's been on my mind lately, and that's uh, David Fincher's best movie, Zodiac. Uh, this stars Jake Gyllenhaal as the real-life uh, fellow who was a cartoonist who worked at the newspaper where Zodiac got uh, sent several of his letters, who became obsessed with the case, ended up writing two books, and though they're both somewhat controversial and disputed, he's still considered one of the definitive experts on the Zodiac case. This is sort of based, this is sort of his story, but also the story of just how things unfolded and how woefully unprepared the police were at that time in the 70s to deal with the idea of a serial murderer and how they didn't, departments were very localized, they didn't talk, there was no database, and so it was just so impossible to catch someone whose crimes were completely seemingly unmotivated um, so it's a great creepy movie pretty much the vibe of this movie is if you watch Mindhunters this is that but better but it's basically the same thing so uh, if you like Mindhunters chances are you're going to like Zodiac um, it's definitely one of his most slowly paced films it's about three hours long um, but I think by far it's his best movie uh, and the one that I think about the most. And David Fincher's a guy who evidently has a fascination with serial killers because he's done no less than three, four serial killer movies, I guess, if you count uh, the uh, the Gone Girl. Oh, right. Because um, she's basically a serial killer. Yeah. Kind of. um, so let's check out, uh, I believe this is the clip where they're interviewing the guy that the movie really seems to want to point to as they think, you know, this is the guy who is one of my favorite character actors doing this performance. And it's just a super creepy interview uh, where you sort of start off wondering, are these cops in the right, you know, are they going down the right path? And the longer they talk to the guy, the guy just keeps saying weird shit to where by the end, the cops in the room are completely convinced this is the Zodiac. Uh, so let's check that scene out. Do you remember his name? No, but it was right after the murder at the lake. And what did you tell this officer? 
I told him that I'd gone to Salt Point that weekend to skin dive, that I was alone, but I met a couple there. I have their names at home if you want. That would be great, Arthur. Lee. What? Lee. Nobody calls me Arthur. Also, that day when I came home, my neighbor saw me. It was around four, but I forgot to tell the other officer that. Neighbor's name? Bill White. He died a week or so afterwards. Heart attack, so I didn't think to call to follow up. The knives I had in my car with the blood on them, that blood came from a chicken that I killed for dinner. What? I had knives in my car that weekend. Maybe Bill saw them and called the other officer on me. Well, we'll be checking in on that. Uh, well, let me ask you something else. Were you ever in Southern California at any time in 1966? Is this about the Riverside killing? Yes. Well, I guess I was there around that time. I used to go down there a lot. I like the auto races. Foreman says that you're ambidextrous? No, that's untrue. You can't write with both hands. My teachers tried to make me when I was a kid, but I couldn't. I'm left-handed. He also said that you made statements about killing school children. That's... That is horrible. That is that's a horrible thing to say. So you aren't angry about being fired from Valley Springs for touching your students? I'm not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. So those are three of my favorite uh, serial killer movies. Gil? I don't think you ever want to be in a police uh, investigation and say, the knives, <laughs> the knives with blood. the blood in my car. It's totally innocent. I was killing chickens. No worries, man. Um, my first is Jonathan Demme's 1991 Silence of the Lambs, which I think is tough to leave off any list. Uh, unfortunately, Anthony Hopkins falls into the trap of hamming it up in the later ones so much that it almost overshadows and now Hannibal for sure is my be- yeah. my favorite of all of the yeah. Electra stories which is when it first came out it seemed like it was going to be a total yeah, piece of shit it seemed like an insane proposition amazing anyway um, so this is a scene early on where Hannibal Lecter is talking with Clarice Starling about how they can come to a meeting of the minds and he can help solve the Buffalo Bill case Thank you, Barney. What happened to your drawings? Punishment, you see, for Migs. Just like that gospel program. When you leave, they'll turn the volume way up. Dr. Chilton does enjoy his petty torments. Did you mean by transformation, Doctor? been in this room for eight years now, Clarice. I know they will never, ever let me out while I'm alive. What I want is a view. I want a window where I can see a tree or even water. I want to be in a federal institution far away from Dr. Chilton. What did you mean by fledgling killer? Are you saying that he's killed again? I'm offering you a psychological profile of Buffalo Bill based on the case evidence. You catch him, Clarice. You know who he is, don't you? Tell me who decapitated your patient, Doctor. All good things to those who wait. I've waited, Clarice, but how long can you and old Jackie boy wait? Our little Billy must already be searching for that next special lady. Just a little chopped there at the end, but um, next special pretty amazing performance, and uh, even more so that Mads Mickelson takes it in an even even creepier mm-hmm. direction, which seems yep. borderline impossible. Um, my next movie is a slightly lower budget film, and that is The Honeymoon Killers, 
1970 from ended up being directed by Leonard Castle, who's mostly a composer. Started off being directed by Martin Scorsese, who was fired for being too slow. Um, and then the next Whoops. director was fired. Yeah, it seems like maybe you should have <laughs> given him the time to work it out. Um, but this movie was made for like 200 grand. All the actors were doing their own hair and makeup. They shot a lot of it handheld. Um, they only had like a month to make it. Um, and it's based on a true story uh, from the 40s, the Lonely Hearts Killers. Martha Beck is a woman whose friend puts her into uh, the newspaper under the Lonely Hearts section, which just seems batshit crazy that that even existed as a thing. Um, and Raymond Fernandez, who lives in New York, finds it, and it turns out that he's a con man who preys on lonely women, uh, and this is his sort of recurring scenario. They form a relationship and fall in love and start to do this grift further out. Um, and then Martha, we'll say, gets a little jealous and starts killing all the other women. So it gets a little fucked up along the way. Um, this is the trailer for Honeymoon Killers, which has a Criterion DVD. I don't think there's a Criterion Blu-ray, but there may be at this point. But let's check out the trailer. Dear Martha, this is the first letter of this sort I have ever written. Ray was a con man who made one mistake. He fell in love and took Martha along for the ride. I can arrange a meeting with a very nice woman in New Orleans. There's no harm in writing to somebody who's so gentle and, and refined and whose sister is a nurse. <laughs> Ray and Martha could have been the honeymoon lovers, but Martha's insane jealousy turned them into the honeymoon killers. You here for my work? Get the hell out of here! Can't relive her. Chelsea, I don't care what you do with her. Please. Jealousy led Martha and Ray down one of the darkest paths in the annals of American crime. You're the hottest bitch I've ever seen. And I don't have to take that from you. Oh, my God. If you've never heard of Martha and Ray, see The Honeymoon Killers, then try to forget. She's in love with you. I can tell. So what? Uh... Jealousy turned each perfect setup into a nightmare. stupid jealousy you could have got me into trouble i'd rather see you in jail than making love to another woman if you've never heard of martha and ray see the honeymoon killers then try to forget them i don't want the back no i don't want them back I, I, i'm not going to call sarah all right all right, all right. i just want to go If you've never heard of Martha and Ray, see The Honeymoon Killers, then just try to forget them. But don't try to forget them, because it's a good movie. Uh, and last for me is Bill Paxton's directorial debut, Gone Too Soon, Bill Paxton 2001's Frailty, um, which is told mostly as a flashback from Matthew McConaughey's perspective. He is the son of... Of Bill Paxton, who's grown up, and he the movie starts off with him telling Powers Booth uh, how to where to find the bodies for this um, God's hand killer, hand of God killer, um, and then we flash back and find out that Bill Paxton is hearing, according to him, from God and being given a list of demons who are masquerading as humans that need to be purged from the earth. And he enlists the help of his two sons, one of which becomes a true believer and one of which is not. And that's... Uh, but they leave it ambiguous, don't they? Story. At the end? Yeah, well, I don't want to ruin it. There's a bit of a twist. Well, I mean, but so. the, it's not really a serial killer movie because he could be killing demons. That's my point. It's not a serial killer movie, really. Because he could be killing demons? Well... They kind of leave it completely open, which I kind of am of the view. If they left it open, then he's probably killing demons. I think uh, I think everyone should watch this movie and form their own opinions whether or not God is actually watch the movie so Gil can be wrong again, like he was about cyborgs. You don't remember which the argument was about cyborgs? I totally Let's check out a scene, see whether this seems like he's killing demons or not. Please, Trixie. 
Trixie, come on. Come, Trixie. Trixie, come on. What you doing, boy? My dog, she, she's under your car. Oh, well, let's see. Help me grab his legs. Help me grab his legs now. Come on. Edward March. <clears throat> Think that's an innocent man there, don't you? Well, it's not. anyone knew about that, did you? But God saw you. Dad, don't, please! And you can't escape God's wrath! I can't believe you still didn't see it. He was a murderer of little children, Fenton. Babies. Babies. He's the murderer. Gotta get out of here, Adam. What do you mean? Gotta run away. I told you I'm not have to. I don't want to run away. We have to. Why? Listen to me, Adam. Dad kills people. No, he doesn't. He's a demon slayer. That's all lies, Adam. No, it's not. I see it when he touches him. No, you don't. Dad's brainwashed you. It's all a big lie. He's a murderer and you help him. Nuh-uh. We're just serving God's will. I'm killing dad on you. Adam, Adam, Adam! So check out Frailty and form your own opinion, but I think we can all agree that it's lazy parenting to leave the grave digging to your children while you finish your cigarette on the road. He had a lot of remorse. Uh, serial killers don't usually express remorse just saying cool uh let's check out kills wrong. adult swim facebook's picks for serial killer movies natural born killers american psycho nightmare on elm street <laughs> well he was before he was a demon yeah red dragon get the fuck out of here and seven thank you for participating adult swim facebook red dragon let's see what two do facebook's better picks are Yeah, those are all sure. I I I think you run into the thing of like if a guy has started off as a serial killer, but then like Michael or Jason, yeah, at some they point they become and, like a they rise from the dead and they're yeah. just an evil spirit. Not quite a serial killer at that point, but I, I get it. They're killing people for no reason. So, well, because they're having sex, obviously, but beyond that, yeah, the same reason yeah. everybody does. Uh, so now let's check out some of our sneak peeks for this week as we dive into our topicals. And first up is the topical for tomorrow night's Dragon Ball Super episode, which premieres at 11 p.m. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. Maybe if all three of us attack him at once, let's go! You'll pay for your impudence! Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 11, only Toonami on Adult Swim. Followed by our topical for Genlock, which follows Dragon Ball Super tomorrow night at 11.30 p.m. On the next all-new episode of Genlock. How am I supposed to know what we are if I don't even know what you are? If that thing that just attacked us is also you, then which one of you is my chase? Genlock, Saturday at 11.30, only Toonami on Adult Swim. 
And then lastly for our topicals this week is for Dr. Stone, uh, which premieres tomorrow night at midnight. On the next all-new episode of Dr. Stone. He's like totally awesome. Shishio Tsukasa is an awesome guy who happens to be a murderer. Dr. Stone, Saturday at midnight. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. And then we also have this week's goodie, which is a music video by Julian Meyer, I believe you pronounce it. Uh, And this was just one I found online and thought the animation was really cool and it was a cool song. So hopefully you guys agree, but let's do a little sneak peek of it right now. This is Giants of the Earth. And then you guys who are watching this will probably already have seen this, but in case you haven't, here is the sneak peek of our next Toonami original premiering in 2020, Uzumaki, which is an adaptation of Junji Ito's classic anime, I mean manga, and uh, it will be directed by the fellow who directed Mushishi Nagahama, uh, and the music will be by Colin Stetson, all of which I'm telling you you'll see in this teaser, so I want to shut up and let's watch it.
And then while we were leading up to making this trailer, we had the wonderful experience of going to Japan to Shogakan headquarters, who are the publishers of the manga, and being able to talk to Ito Sensei, as well as his editor, as well as Nagahama and some other people involved with the production, just so you can see their thoughts as we kick off this project. え、30年以上、え、ホラー漫画を描いておりますあの、伊藤純二と申します。どうもよろしくお願いします。渦巻きなんてそれこそもう大好きな作品だったので、あんなに美しい漫画を私は初めて見たと思いました。面白いです。
So right now we're here at the Hanazono Shrine in Shinjuku. And the reason we are here is every time we do a production, normally we would go to the shrine to receive blessing for the production and the success of the show. And especially this is a horror show. Uzumaki is a very scary horror show. So we thought that it was very important to come to the shrine and receive blessing so that it does not get cursed and then the show will be successful. では、ただいま、体の人情を前に、ゆずまき制作スタッフ安全士がご用意、素敵な最適で行わさせていただきます。どうぞ皆様頭を整備ください。どうぞ前に進んでください。全制作スタッフの安全祈願とクレディアニメ番組渦巻きのヒットを記念いたしまして乾杯をさせていただきたいと思います皆さんご賞味ください乾杯乾杯はいありがとうございます皆さんからお知らせいただきます皆さんよろ